This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. Hey, listeners, it's me, host Matthew. And it's also me, host Molly. Uh, Molly is on parental leave at the moment, despite the fact that she's right here. That's right. Uh, We are preparing for me to be on parental leave uh, in early 2023, which is when you're listening to this. And so what we are doing is we are pulling some of our favorite bonus episodes from the Wayback Machine. Yeah, we're calling it Spilled Milk from the Vault. Spilled Milk from the Vault. So please enjoy the following episode which was originally released as a bonus episode for paying subscribers only. But now you get to enjoy it. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is a Spilled Milk bonus episode for subscribers only. That's you. That's, well, that is you. In fact, welcome to you. I keep, uh, I just dropped my agenda on the floor. This this is going great so far. (laughs) and we're back hey look at that it is you know what this is our 20th bonus episode i don't know how it could be possible but i know like if someone subscribed right now i almost feel sorry for them that they have to wade through so many bonus episodes i know and they won't know which ones are really good or not Uh, (laughs) i I I don't remember either Spilled Spill Milk, Milk Junior, Junior is, is a great. good one. Uh, um, this one is is really good so far. It's great. Um, what about the one that we did where we talked about singles? Um, that's probably my favorite one. I don't think anyone enjoyed it as much as we did. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I, I would love to listen to it. I'd like to watch singles again, really. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, hold on, though. Let's tell them what this one is. This episode uh, is about childhood fears. That is yes. the theme of today's episode, which, listener, you may have noticed that that really doesn't have anything to do with food. It might. No, why are we doing not. this topic? I don't remember. It's been on somebody, the it, like potential uh, bonus episodes list for a while. Did did producer Abby suggest this? I think I think it was just like a thing we were talking about at one point, and someone said, "Hey, that could be a bonus episode." I think that was maybe me. I think it might have been you. Weird. Okay, you're the culprit. I am. So this episode, uh, I think it might wind up being entirely memory lane because that makes sense. I think we need to set out here with a definition of childhood fears. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so. 
I was thinking about this when I was when I was like prepping for this episode last night and realizing that like there are some childhood fears that are like actually scary, like not just as kids, but like remain scary. And that's not what we're talking about, because then that would just be a depressing episode. Like, you know, when we were kids, like there uh, there was like the movie The Day After. Do you remember this? No. About like uh, the day it was like the day after the nuclear war. And so like everyone was scared of nuclear war when we were kids. But we're not going to talk about that in this episode. Right. What if we I mean, okay. what if we found a way to make it hilarious? (laughs) Right. What if. What if uh, the one of the fears I wanted to mention is something that I was particularly preoccupied by as a child? And it's not that the fear has gone away, but that that I I just don't worry about it as much like it isn't. No. Remember one time on a bonus episode, we had an actual uh, lawyer or possibly judge present oh, to adjudicate. Yes. Maybe, yes. I don't remember <laughs> that person's name, but hopefully they're still a subscriber and, <laughs> um, and maybe they can weigh in on whether your childhood fear is legitimate, is like a legitimate topic for this episode. I'm going to wait for them to call in right now while we're taping this in our closet, in my closet. And your living room. I mean, how we? How do we know how to proceed, Matthew? Yeah, just call one nine seven six spilled. If you call that, you'll probably get something else. Do nine seven six numbers still exist? I only think of nine hundred. Yeah, I mean, it was similar. Um, like the, I mean, like both the, true of the idea was hotline or something right. like that. Yeah, like I, I so badly wanted to call one of those numbers when, when I was a teenager or like like a pre adolescent. It and, was. A, uh, it was like a very prominent part of, of like my my adolescent landscape. Yeah, that, totally. That these numbers existed and people were calling them. Right. And now and like as I an knew adult, I would get in so much trouble if I did because yes. it would appear immediately on the phone bill. So I never I, did. I want like I think I once dialed one of the numbers and then hung up. Oh, before I think it I probably connect. did, too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, Matthew. Uh, but take now it away. we can we can like ha- confess our true confessions to each other for free right now. Yes, let's do it. Nah, okay. let's talk about childhood fears instead. All right, uh, should I go first? Yeah. Okay. Uh, when I was a kid, I was afraid of the dark, and uh, ooh, I, that's so original, Matthew. I know, but the thing the thing that like every time I think about that, I I think like. You know, for for years, probably like I wanted a nightlight in my room. And now if you turned on a fucking nightlight in my room. Yes. I I would not I would be unable to sleep. And like I would get to a point after a couple hours where I'd be like, I need to murder whoever turned on this nightlight. So June goes to sleep at night with a nightlight, which stays on Mm -hmm. all night. And then also lately and and somebody's probably going to tell me this is a terrible idea. And I (laughs) already know. So don't tell me she wants to go to bed with a candle lit in her room. (laughs) It's so much worse than what I thought you were going to say. She goes to bed by candlelight now. Mm -hmm. And um, she likes to go to sleep holding a sparkler in each hand. It's so cute. (laughs) Oh, God, it makes her look so angelic. The halo of light around her face, the sparks in her hair. She wants to like just have a a lit cigarette between her fingers. I mean, she's not smoking it, obviously. (laughs) She just likes the smell. It's very soothing to her. No, um, she, uh, yeah, she likes to have a candle lit in her room at bedtime. And so Ash and I sneak in about 20 minutes after she's gone to bed and blow out the candle. That you, is adorable. 
Yeah, yeah. What um, is it like a scented candle? No, it's like a taper candle, like we keep okay. on the dining room table. Um, she likes to choose the color, and uh, it's in like a you know a candlestick on her shelf. That seems that's like very uh, you know like nineteen hundred house, right? Yeah. I wish we had one of those like legit like nineteen hundred uh, candle thingies. Where you, oh, you like know. With a, that like has like a teacup handle kind of. Yes, yeah. Where yes. you can stick your finger in it and you carry it up the stairs. You I know, bet if to you bed. go on Etsy, you could have one of yes. those tomorrow. I maybe our listeners will send us send us one, uh, ju- the same way they didn't send me a new dishwasher. <laughs> wow, <laughs> you're really you're really like making a lot of fans among among like the people <laughs> when you complain about how you didn't get a free dishwasher. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, but no, it's probably, you're right, probably a lot of our, I mean, especially subscribers live in uh, drafty old castles. Yes. Uh, yes. Throughout throughout Europe, Asia, like there's castles everywhere. They're um, all wearing nightcaps and going yep. up like a dark spiral That's staircase right. to bed. That's what goes along with that kind of candle holder. Yeah, you're absolutely you, right. Yeah, you have to have a, like a gently, or like a, either a spiral so- staircase or like a gently curving one. Isn't that like the main character of some nursery rhyme, like Wee Willy Winky or something? Wow. When I say that out loud, that name's... <laughs> <laughs> That's a poem for children. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hold on. So wait, while we're on the theme of being afraid of the dark, um, I don't think I was truly afraid of the dark. I don't even remember having a nightlight, uh, at least not, you know, in my conscious childhood. But what I do remember, and I wonder if I've told you about this before, but it's still like an unsolved mystery in my life, Matthew. <laughs> Robert Stack style. Robert Stack is on the case, yes. Um, so once I remember, like, sitting up in bed, or I, I wasn't quite asleep yet, and I was in a double bed. I had this growing Not up. Not yours, I had this, but a double bed. No, I was in my own double bed. Growing up, I had a double bed that had been, like, in my dad's house. My, you know, my dad was, like, 50 when I was born, and he had had a, a first marriage and a first family. And anyway, this double bed. And a leftover um, bed. Yeah, that's just what you want. He had this leftover bed, and that was my childhood bed. And I remember once, I don't know if I'd gotten out of bed to use the bathroom I um, I don't know if I just was having trouble getting to sleep, but I remember sitting up in my bed to sort of rearrange the covers, and I remember pulling the bedspread closer to me and something pulling it back. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I, I have to imagine that I must have, like, bolted out of the bedroom. So in um, retrospect, obviously, it was that it was, like, tucked under, right? No, I don't think it was tucked under. I don't know if it's just that, like, I pulled it really weakly and it was like a a heavy bedspread or something. But this is an unsolved mystery from my childhood, Matthew. I don't know. Okay, well, I mean, we'll get Stack and his his minions involved and uh, and they'll, like, uh, solve it, I guess. Is that what, wait, did they always solve the mysteries? I don't know if I've ever even seen that show. Did they solve the mysteries or not? Well, no, they, they were unsolved? unsolved mysteries, and there was always a phone number uh, that that flashed across the screen oh, okay. that you could call if you had any information. Did you ever call that number? No, but I. Oh my gosh, what a missed opportunity! I'm going to oh. put up a Craigslist missed opportunity ad for 
an unsolved mysteries episode. Is wait, is missed opportunities the same as missed connections? Or is oh. it just for <laughs> Oh, you're right. <laughs> or is it literally just for like you know, I uh <laughs> I, I should have I should have applied for the promotion and I didn't. I'm going to post on missed opportunities. Let's launch this website. Okay. Where we can all post our missed opportunities. Missed like, opportunities dot uh, party. Like I like I threw out that bacon fat. I could have cooked some potatoes. That's in. exactly it. Yes. <laughs> way to bring it back around to food. Thank you. Okay. Uh, so wait, wait, I have a yeah. fear. Oh, oh yes, so, please. I know that you mentioned here on the agenda that you were scared of violent movies or TV shows. And I want to come back to that. Okay. But did you ever have the experience of being at a slumber party or at someone else's house and sort of by like subtle peer pressure having to watch a movie that later haunted you for years? Absolutely. So I was at uh, Leslie Fretwell's house. Leslie Fretwell, daughter of Ed Fretwell of Ed Fretwell's Soup. Of Soup fame, right. Yeah. So, so Leslie Fretwell, heiress to the soup fortune. Exactly. I was at her house for some sort of birthday slumber party or something, and everybody decided to watch Child's Play, the oh, movie with, with the Chucky. possessed yeah. doll, Chucky. I spent years, Matthew, years. And you you would think, I, since I was old enough to attend a slumber party, you would think that I would not have been old, like, young enough to be this frightened. But I was afraid of Chucky for what felt like years. Like I'm I, still scared of horror movies. I would be scared to like go around a corner and find Chucky there being like, whatever he said, come out and play. Uh, yeah, he, he said, <laughs> he uh, that um, song. hey, 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 pay no mind. <laughs> You're under 18. You won't be doing any time. <laughs> I'm also under 18 because I'm a doll. <laughs> um, <laughs> Okay, a couple things. First of all, speaking of dolls, I asked why. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, I feel like we've 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 mentioned that song many times on the show. No, but it's never been so right. Yeah, it's never true. felt so right. I asked wife of the show, Lori, if she had any childhood fears of note, and she said the one that immediately came to mind was one of her siblings had a. She she described as slightly smaller than Barbie-sized Wicked Witch of the West doll. It was, like, green. And she said, like, it, under the dress was green also. <laughs> <laughs> I love that she checked. <laughs> yes. And said, like, this, just knowing this doll was, was, like, lurking nearby was a source of much terror. Oh, my God. I remember going over to the home of a girl who I wasn't, like, really good friends with. But, you know, it was sort of like, you know, we had a play date. She had an E.T. doll propped up in her closet and it oh, was scary yeah i was terrified i think that that's probably why our friendship did not go any further because i was so frightened of this doll like i quietly did not want to go back to her house ever again every time you went to her house you you had to phone home to say please pick me up i'm scared of et exactly <laughs> exactly uh. <laughs> Okay, so speaking of violent movies and TV shows, my my parents, especially my mom, like was not was not like a very strict parent, but really put her foot down about what? 
I'm still laughing about Chucky being like, you're only 18 and so am I. I mean, you're under 18 and so am I because I'm a doll. <laughs> I mean, that's what that's what he said. That is exactly what he said. Um, okay, sorry. Right, go ahead. Sorry, because he said come yeah. out and play. I don't. Th- I haven't seen the movie. That probably was his catchphrase. I don't know. I don't remember what he said. Um, and he, he also Chucky said, phone um, home. I'm, I'm just a sucker with low self-esteem. Uh, yeah, he said, that's, Chucky that's why he was terrible. Home. <laughs> it was so it was so moving when when Chucky made the bikes fly in front of the moon. <laughs> but he's constantly eating my M and M's or Reese's pieces, whichever one it was in the movie. I don't remember. I don't remember either. Okay, you were saying something. All right, go well, on. No, it's not going to be as good as that. But um, so my, my mom was not super strict, but would really put her foot down about two things that I recall. Uh, violent movies and TV shows and uh, sweet sugar cereals. Uh, and so as a result, like I was, uh, first of all, like now I will eat sugar cereals like whenever I can get my hands on them, which is anytime because I'm a grown up. And uh, so I've got a box of cinnamon toast crunch right now but also i was like insufficiently desensitized to to violence on on television and so like to this day like people are like you know you haven't watched game of thrones i'm like no it's like too violent for me um wait a minute wait wait wait, wait. hold on hold on wait a minute what what things do you think you are strict about um like you know music practice probably you know but i don't know like i i think of myself as strict about pretty much nothing but it's probably not true yeah i don't know what june is gonna say i'm strict about uh i think it's i think it's probably like too early to tell yeah but i don't, I don't know no no now's about the right time because like if you'd asked me when i was seven i would have said yeah like i'm not allowed to eat uh, cinnamon toast crunch or watch God, what was even like a violent TV show at the time? The thing that came to mind was Spencer for Hire, which was probably already over by then. Uh, Dukes of Hazard. Dukes of Hazard. I was not allowed to watch Dukes of Hazard. Well, so the, like this doesn't really happen anymore because now there's like Netflix Kids. You know what I mean? Yeah, Netflix Kids has has fixed violent entertainment. They have. Anyway, I, but I exclusively have mine set to Netflix Kids, so I can't <laughs> accidentally watch um, The Witcher or something. Okay. Um, okay, but the two specific things I remember watching that I, that gave me nightmares were one was an episode of of Amazing Stories. Do you remember this show? I think it was like no. created by Steven Spielberg, speaking of E.T. And uh, there was it was like a, you know, variety, like, you know, uh, fantasy, horror, you know, light entertainment, 30 minute episodic stories. And there was one where it was I think it was kind of based on the movie Weird Science. But these two kids, they discover like a serum that if they if they like put it on a picture of something, that thing will come to life. And they, of course, try and use this to like uh, bring like the perfect woman to life. And every every one of their tries is like a, you know, a horrific screw up of some kind. Like, uh, you know, like, like, the, like, like the the woman in the bathtub in The Shining, like, you know, right. Pull back and the so curtain. the one it's not the at one all that, that you expect. Yeah. That freaked me the fuck out was they made a woman who had like a top half, but no bottom half. And it was just like like a torso and head sitting on a table. And I was like, I, I could still visualize what this looked like. It was the scariest thing I've ever seen on television. So I remember having a babysitter like 
I remember watching television with a babysitter as a child, and this was in the early days of remote controls. Do you remember your family's first like remote control? I do. Yes, it was very exciting. Ours was, um, it was like shiny metal and all the buttons on it were uh, raised and they were all like um, perfectly rounded. Yeah, I know what you mean. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, were they kind of um, like clicky? Yes, they were clicky. Yeah. yeah. So I remember her clicking through and I remember her, I, I, I may have told you about this, but she stopped on this... I don't know if it was a TV show or a movie or whatever, but it was the image on the screen was of a, a woman's torso from above. Mm-hmm. Um, and somebody was taking like a sharp blade and cutting through her skin while she was alive, Ew. like straight down, like a vertical line between her breasts. And she's screaming. Ew. She's in the woods. She's being like vivisected. And the babysitter must have lingered on this for probably 0.2 seconds. But oh, sure. it was seared in my mind. And I think I, I spent months after that, whenever I would like flip through channels, like peering through my eyes. I mean, peering through my eyes. Of course. Yeah. I, you don't know what they're going to show next. But I would peer through my eyes, is what I said, Matthew. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is that is a great, one of the best things to peer through. (laughs) But peering through my fingers, because I was so afraid. Like, that was the thing about, uh, like, TV in the old days. You didn't know what you were going to be confronted with. That's right. As you were, like, flipping channels. You didn't know if you were going to see a woman being vivisected in the woods. Is flipping channels still a thing, or are there now, like, so many channels and or, like, you know, streaming that you you just kind of choose proactively? When I I am in an environment where I am, like, confronted with what is a like a regular TV in these yeah. days, you know, I find myself completely baffled by it because... Oh, yeah, there's, like, what source do you choose, right? I, I can't, like, you can't, it's very difficult to just click through now. Like, and also, like, channel, you know, the, the news stations used to be channel four, five, and nine. <laughs> right. And now they're, like, a hundred four... 105, 933 and speaking or of 104, like that. that's how old we sound having this conversation. <laughs> yeah. These these new TVs, how do you even turn it on? No, but seriously, I hate it. Yeah, I yeah. hate it. It's yeah, it's the worst. Okay. Uh, the other so there was amazing stories. The other thing that I saw that I was not prepared for was the movie Robocop 2. <laughs> which okay. so like some friends invited me along to see RoboCop 2. I'm like that sounds good. I haven't seen RoboCop 1, but I'm sure this will be fun. Way too violent for me. It was very upsetting and I just now checked were you cuz were you peering through your eyes? I was peering through my eyes at the screen. Uh <laughs> I think I had my eyes closed for a lot of RoboCop 2 and I just checked how old was I when I saw RoboCop 2? 16. <laughs> Almost 15. Are you serious? <laughs> I'm serious. Did you did you tell your friends how distressed you were? Or were no, you trying of course to play not. Cool? Yeah, no, no, I had to play it cool. Yeah, these were cool RoboCop friends. Yeah, I, I'm getting that feeling. Okay, wait. Um, I have, I have a um a couple of like family dynamics related fears Please. that I had as a child. One 
I was terrified that my parents would get divorced. Oh yeah, of course. Were you, were you like, did you spend a lot of time thinking Not about this? Not at all. I don't know why. Like it, uh, it just didn't seem plausible. I was also really terrified that my parents would have another child. <laughs> like, did not oh, want Oh, now that is scary. I was genuinely distressed by it. And my mom always really loved, my mom has always really loved babies. Mm-hmm. And so whenever friends or like my aunts or whatever would have a baby, my mom would always be very like eager to hold the baby or to help out. And this would raise this like crazy hot fear in me. I mean, he, you know. Crazy, that is not, a crazy not, hot fear. <laughs> not like crazy sexy fear. Oh, no, crazy was, sexy fear is my favorite TLC <laughs> <laughs> it would raise this like <laughs> adrenaline in me like like I hated that my mom liked babies so much because it, to me like liking babies equals my parents are going to have another kid and this was a terrible terrible fear of mine. Oh, that's yeah, that's interesting. So after my brothers were born, my mom told me that she had gotten her tubes tied. So I did not have to worry about that. But like uh, and having, did you having, understand like, two, that? Right. Having two younger brothers show up like it couldn't have gotten any worse than that. So I guess I wasn't afraid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the yeah. fear came true in like mm-hmm. the, the biggest possible way. But we get mm-hmm. along fine now. Mm-hmm. In fact, you do a podcast with one of your brothers. That's true. I do. I do a podcast called Hidden Jukebox uh, with yeah. my brother, Jake. Indeed. And I hardly I hardly resent at all anymore, like how he got all the attention. <laughs> yeah. You hardly ever think of it or think to mention it. <laughs> right. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I feel like there is a time when you're a young kid when you just don't have any sense of like what is real and what is not within what's like what is within the realm of possibility and what isn't. And so like a slightly older kid can fool can scare you by convincing you of something completely stupid. And the thing I have in mind is there was a playground rumor going around one day when I was in like probably second grade that a panther had been spotted on the roof of the school and definitely someone was going to get mauled by a panther before the day was over. And you were genuinely afraid. Oh, yeah. Like I didn't, you know, I didn't like a hundred percent believe it, but like it seemed possible enough that I definitely was afraid that I was going to get mauled by a panther at school. It makes me think of those moments when on the playground, some kid would decide to like pull some prank or to rile everybody up in a certain way. And you could watch it like spread like a like a contagion through the playground. And and you would get swept up in it, too, even though you didn't really believe it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. God, I hated those kids. (laughs) I wonder what they're doing now. 
Oh, oh, those kids? Oh, they're yeah. probably like like spreading uh, fake news internet rumors. No, I think that they're probably making lots of money and and living uh, in in fancy places and and ruining the environment and stuff. Okay, probably. I mean, they could be doing both of those things. We we That's could true. both be right. That's true. What else you got? Okay, I was extremely afraid of loud noises. <laughs> like that. Yeah, that's fair. I think, and and I still experience this to a certain degree, like if I'm in the car and somebody else turns up the volume on the radio or like, let's say you start playing a song, but the song hasn't really kicked in yet. And somebody oh. turns up the volume and you're like, wait, I know that's going to be way too loud when uh-huh. it starts. That makes me feel like so tense. The, the thought of being like assaulted by a loud noise. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I, I listen to music at a at a real like dad volume. And not not like a like a metal dad, but like a suburban <laughs> I don't I, know. I, I guess I like loud music now if I'm in control of it. But what I was gonna say is that as a kid, what this translated to was a fear of the vacuum cleaner. Oh, for sure. Super afraid of the vacuum cleaner. And also, um, like when I was old enough to start going to concerts and things like that, even before I was old enough to go to like shows with my peers and my peers were similarly cautious, like they would wear earplugs to shows and stuff. Oh, you didn't have cool RoboCop friends. I did not have cool RoboCop friends. But even when I was like a young kid and my parents would take me to concerts, I remember feeling this surge of adrenaline when the music would come on, even if it was just like some sort of outdoor picnic concert, because it would be so loud. It yeah, would for like... sure. Anyway, what a tender boo-boo. Yeah, no, no, I'm I'm, I'm similarly tender in the boo-boo. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so another of mine, oh, you know what, that actually reminds me, like, like I have a, a loud noise fear also. I think we've talked about this on the show before, that um, when I was young, my dad worked at a company called Precision Cast Parts. I still don't really know what they made, like some sort of like cast metal shit for like industrial use. That sounds um, cool. I, w- I got to like go visit him at work one day and he took me to the machine floor, which was, it was like the set of a movie where like, like at the end of Terminator 2 when they're like fighting in the factory and the factory is just kind of like a, like generic, like scary, big scary machines factory. That's what it seemed like. Mm-hmm. I guess technically mm-hmm. that's a steel mill, but uh you know, like a movie factory where it's just loud and clanky and there's like fire coming out of things. I don't think there was really fire coming out of things, but I was like, never, ever take me here again. Mm-hmm. I I think um, he I, thought I would think it was cool. Yeah. I, and I think some kids would like, Absolutely. you know, I mean, like I think of all my friends, kids who love watching construction equipment. Yeah. And I think I did like watching construction equipment, but from a safe distance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When, when it was at a dad volume. Exactly. Um, Matthew, I remember as like a adolescent and teenager being sufficiently worried about sex hurting that it was hard for me to feel truly excited or like anticipating of sex because I was so afraid it was going to hurt. I mean, that, that seems like a reasonable fear. But I never, like, I don't hear other 
women express it, you know? I mean, I think... I think in general, I I was much more afraid of things hurting when I was a kid. Like, I really did not like... I was very risk-averse, and I was afraid of, of getting hurt. Um, yeah, but no, I mean, I think, I think like, I, I'm just talking like way outside of my experience, of course, but I think, I think like that is like a fear that, uh, that a lot of women legitimately have, but are probably embarrassed to express. Yes. Right. And this is the part of the show that's, that's not very funny. Like, you know, uh, vaginal pain, mm-hmm. something a lot of women deal with. But anyway, right. but, I remember, I mean, of course. I just I just remember my aunt, like my anticipation about sex being so tempered by like the fear not not even so much of pregnancy but of like yeah the the pain of like uh, one's hymen rupturing Oh yikes Yeah yeah Cool Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah. so how did that turn out We don't have to talk about that Oh you know I like I th- I, I think I was lucky. I think it, it was fine. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Thanks. Um, so one of my biggest fears, like like from childhood on into adolescence and beyond, I think, was uh, was the fear of uh, that if I liked someone in a romantic sense that they would find out. And I know oh, we've God. talked about this before, but I have this yes. vivid memory of when I was in middle school uh, that uh, I went over to my friend Ben's house and uh, we were talking about like, you know, what girls did we like? And I did not want to like admit like, the name of the girl that I liked, uh, even though there we went to a small school. There were probably like 12 girls in our class. So like he could he could have figured it out just by deduction. Um, but uh, I remember finally agreeing to write down the name on a piece of paper and hand it to him if he promised to like tear it up and throw it away. Oh, that's really safe. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. But hold on. I'm thinking about this as you're talking and. Like, number one, I think that it is such a normal thing and like an impulse that somehow human beings have to like, uh, especially when you're like first experiencing attraction to someone to Mm -hmm. not want anybody to know or not want that person to know, especially. But I wonder what it is that makes some people outgrow this and other people not so much. Like, yeah, I don't don't think I, I don't think I ever got to a point of like self-confidence or whatever it was where if I was into someone, I could just like openly flirt with them or hit on them or ask them out. Like I had moments of being able to do that, but I was much older, much older. And I still found it almost unbearably direct. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, I think my guess is like there's a very small number of people who just like aren't scared of that. And then a larger number who are just as scared as we are, but like manage to like push through the fear. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, Like, well, first of all, okay, now it can be told the girl that I liked in seventh grade was Liz. Don't remember her last name or pretty (laughs) much anything else about her. But I do remember that her name was Liz. You, oh, I, I totally remember who I had a crush on in seventh grade, first name and last name. Oh, wow. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Do I remember any last you names? You're going to let me say his name or not, oh, man. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, please. Go ahead. Chris Stakem. I had a massive crush on him. We've talked about Chris Stakem because, I, yeah. because how could you forget the name? How, yeah. How can you forget that name? 
Chris Stakem, uh, say hi. Uh, contact at spilledmilkpodcast.com. You're not listening to this bonus episode. <laughs> no, Never you mind. are not listening to this bonus episode, dude. <laughs> I know the names of this our subscri- a, subscribers. I would know if Stakem was a subscriber. Mm-hmm. Well, if anybody listening knows Chris Stakem, you just let him know. I really had the hots for him. Like when we were in middle school, nothing ever came of it. And, you know, that is totally fine. And I, I just realized the thing I said was like kind of creepy. Like I don't like literally have memorized all of the names of our subscribers. That would be yes, really you, weird. Yes, you have. You sleep but I mean, with like I wouldn't say pillow. it that way unless probably I had. So, um, um wait a minute. There's another name I want to call out in please. this safe space. Yeah. So, someone I was really afraid of during childhood was my childhood dentist. Oh, I loved my dentist. I was so afraid of my childhood dentist. And I think it was about more than just dentistry. Like I was going have... to ask, like, was it was it completely unrelated to dental fears? <laughs> it was um, I mean, I, I had like a lot of dental problems as a kid, a lot of cavities to be filled, shit like that. But he, I think, was uniquely bad at giving Novocaine shots like oh, they were excruciating. Sure. And he um, just, he was not good at remaining patient with me. Now, I don't know that I would have remained patient with me either. Yeah. But I remember him saying, open up, honey. You're doing all right. You're doing all right. Whoa. Yeah. That's like something Chucky would say. It was. And then he said, do you want to come out and play? Um, Anyway. (laughs) How can I? I'm in this dentist chair. Anyway, his name was, was, uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, I think he was probably a pretty normal childhood, you know, pediatric dentist in the in the eighties. But dude, like, wow, his Novocaine shots were the worst. He set me up for years of being afraid of dentistry. Oh yeah, no, I'm definitely like still afraid of getting a filling. Um, I'm I'm not really anymore. But it's taken like a lot of personal work to like not freak out. To, to no longer freak out when I go to the dentist. I feel like on the whole, doctors have gotten better. Like maybe it's medical schools, like have gotten better at emphasizing like bedside manner. Yes. Because I feel like like except for like sometimes sometimes like if I if I see like like a uh, like a specialist who kind of like doesn't have to be nice um, because like yes. they're the only person who can help you, then they yeah. can still still be like a gruff old doctor. But uh, but in general, like I can't really remember the last time I saw a doctor or or PA who wasn't super, super nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm still chuckling at the thought that his name was. <laughs> um. Ash and I recently rewatched the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Oh, yeah, you and, mentioned that. Um, ever since then, I've been working on my Gollum voice, which is just not great. Ash says that I that my Gollum voice is very close to baby talk. The precious. Mm. The precious. Ash is like, Well, I now I can hear it. Yep. <laughs> but you know what I'm really good at? You know when he coughs and says the word Gollum? Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm really good well, at that. that was yeah, <laughs> right. It was I'm like Gollum was here in the room with me. <laughs> yeah, I know. I have a couple more things I was scared of. <laughs> I was going to say like like I was going to like try and uh, bring it close to the romance conversation, which is that oh. I recall my freshman year of college again having the experience where there was like a someone in my class that I thought was really smart and nice looking and did not make 
any do anything that could possibly be construed as making a move. I basically never even spoke to her. I don't know why. I in college, the only people that I ever made moves on were people who I would like see in a class, but I didn't know them at all. If if I had gotten to know them at all, or if I was in a class with them where we actually had interaction, I could not bring myself to approach them like about my interest in them. Yeah. Only if I like didn't know them at all. Um, uh, and, and, like, and it never worked out. It never worked out. Yeah. No, I remember in high school, um, I at one point, like I did like uh, ask a girl if she if she would like go to the mall with me. <laughs> Um, and, uh, and she said yes, but then, uh, later, like before the, the, the day of the, of the mall date, uh, she said that she had a lot of homework to do and couldn't make it. Mm, the old homework excuse. So that was very scarring. Thanks a lot, yeah. Emily. Don't remember her I, last name either. I love that this has turned out, turned out to be our call out episode. <laughs> of course it is. is. Is there anybody else you want to call out while we're here in this, this private room subscribers only? No, I think I'm good. <laughs> okay, cool. All right. Well, um, Chucky, Matthew, thanks a lot for stabbing me in the heart, literally. Yeah, uh, but he did make those bikes fly. So he did. Yeah, that I. It was so hard to stay just, mad at Chucky. It was just a single bike, I think. Actually, now that I remember, in right? ET, wasn't it multiple bikes, or was uh, it just one? Was that toward the end? I think it was toward the end. I think there were. I think it was like like Elliot and his friends. But God, I haven't seen that in forever. Do you remember that movie when we were kids? It took place in Fort Lauderdale and there was a kid and like a little alien that looked like a worm. Was it Mac and me? <laughs> no, I'm trying to remember what it was. It was, oh, The Navigator. Oh, Flight of the Navigator? Flight of the Navigator. I yes. love that movie. Yes, I did see that. Uh, and that, that was the first time I ever learned that there was a place called Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> wow that's yeah where was i when i learned about fort, fort lauderdale like it's it's unforgettable obviously it is. yeah 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 are there any okay, words you that you totally are there any words that you totally messed up as a child that you 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 would like read it on paper and you would be sure you had it down but then you would say it I don't remember, like, I was I was shy about, like, trying to say the word, but I remember, like, being completely perplexed by the word hors d'oeuvre. Yeah, that seems, that seems real. Um, yeah, any others? I'm trying to think of, I feel like there must have been place names that I got all wrong as a child. Yeah, is I, it like, Fort Lauderdale or Fort Lauderdale? Who knows? Anyway, Matthew, you know, to be fair, my my other fears... I think we're more like, uh, well, I think I have one more that okay. I, I think would be interesting to share. So, you know, when we were kids, kidnapping was something that was that's, like in the news all the time. That's fair. Yeah. This was even in the pre like Amber Alert era. Kidnapping was so it was like so on the national consciousness in the 80s. Remember the kids on milk cartons, of course. Yeah, of course. But also, like, there would be these moments during the news when they would just, like, flash up photo after photo of children who were missing. Do you yeah. remember oh, this? Yeah, that was terrifying. It was like a fucking epidemic of children missing. Is it still that way and that we just let them go and we don't care now? Yeah, that's that's what it is. Now, nowadays, people are a lot more chill about, like, uh, you know, eh, murders and missing children. Just, uh, just another kidnapping. Like, I got I got things to watch. Um, well, uh, but what I was going to say is that, I mean, I remember 
this feeling so present to me that um, I was terrified to be left alone in the car, like while my mom ran in anywhere. And it wasn't yet that era when like you you're you as a parent could get the cops called on you for leaving your kid in the car. As right. I've heard of people oh, yeah. Doing I remember now. being left in the car. Uh, but I, I mean, I remember being left in the car a fair amount. And I always was so scared, like, I mean, terrified, breathless until my mother got back. Well, I mean, do you want do you want to like really get into like what was going on there? Uh. I don't like, know. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me. Cause, cause, I mean, what was the, going the, on there? The kids on milk cartons, like the vast, vast majority were uh, family, like, you know, custody dispute kidnappings. Really? Oh, the vast, probably 99%. Yes. Oh, I had um, no idea. I mean, I thought the kids were just being like snatched out of cars and oh, homes yeah, no, all no. the time. Stranger kidnappings were then are now and have always been extremely rare. And so, I mean, who wants to take right, a kid and take care of it? Like, rare, right, extremely, <laughs> yes, let's go with that. Like, extremely rare, but also, like, the most upsetting thing that can happen. And so you hear about all of them. Mm-hmm. So that is what was going on. And I'm not I'm not like like dismissing this like like, you know, a, a family kidnapping is OK somehow. But uh, I think it puts it in a different context. Right. Well, anyway, as a kid, you know, I was terrified of being left in the car. And I remember like just the sense of dread that would come over me. And it's so interesting now when I leave June in the car, which I <laughs> still do sometimes because with a candle. With a candle, a lit, with candle, a lit yeah. candle, and a sparkler, and a lit cigarette, um, <laughs> I, and I'm aware that I'm aware that like I could have the cops called on me, and I think that's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I leave her in the car in a place where all signs point to her being safe. Um, she does not have this fear at all. She sits Good. there and like hums to herself and waits for me to come back. And I am so, it's so interesting, these moments of parenthood where I can recognize that I myself had or have like a concern that she does not need to know about. She doesn't share it at all. And we are different people. Yeah. And she's confident that you'll always come back within like eight or 15 hours. Yeah. So she doesn't have to worry. I mean, especially if I've left her with a meal and with a candle. I mean, she's and like a fine. Yeah, package she of sparklers so she can yes. so she can like keep lighting them one after another on the candle. And also yeah. a carton of Marlboros. Yeah, I always keep the sunroof open so that the smoke has a place to go. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean that's that's just like what any caring parent would do. Sometimes she likes to play what was it called? Um uh, Snapdragon or <laughs> What was it that we talked about <laughs> oh, playing the game, in the car? The game where you burn your fingers, like, reaching into a fire to get raisins? Yes! I, that thing, we, we talked about playing it in the car with the sunroof open. Yeah. <laughs> I think huh? what I, I meant to say raisins, but it came out craisins. <laughs> but you can play it with craisins also. Sure. What episode was that? Raisins, maybe? Did we do a uh, raisin did, episode? Did we I think do, we've like, talked about it on, like, five episode? different episodes. Well, it's the gift that keeps giving. Yeah, I don't think we've done a flambe episode, but we did make bananas foster probably on the banana episode. That was so much but better than I But I don't think you would play Snapdragon with bananas because no. they would squish when you grab them. <laughs> Imagine the burns you would get. Too. Yeah, like, so like, 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 like to your fingers. banana napalm squirting out. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, uh, um, I think that's enough. So now that's what I'm scared of now is a is a fiery <laughs> banana. 
Okay. That's going to scald me in my car. So, Matthew, what have we learned? Oh, um, I mean, we learned that, well, like that the worst thing that can happen to you is like the person you have a crush on will find out. Yeah. That remains true. Yeah, it does. It remains true. Mm-hmm. Um, um, in fact, that that's sort of what your upcoming book, The Fixed Stars, is about, which you should pre-order now. <laughs> yeah, that is what it's about. Yeah, that's exactly what it's about. Oh, my God, Matthew. Thanks for making that connection. You're yeah, welcome. Uh, the Fixed Stars will be out August 4th, as far as I know. Uh, it, it's sadly been postponed, but um, because of, of the situation we're living in right now. Because anyway, of the situation, tuned, that guy from can, uh, Jersey Shore. Yeah, where you can learn about um, a, a crush I had and was super scared about it coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's a great book. It has a lot in common with this show in that uh, it's got uh, Molly's inimitable voice. It also has uh, things that are not in Matthew's common with the show. editing. Which is, <laughs> which is that it's a, uh, a serious book that uh, may actually like teach you things and be moving. Oh, Oh, thanks, Matthew. You're welcome. It was also, Uh, um, it was also, I I should say that Matthew played a huge role in uh, midwifing this book, really. I did, yeah. My my, uh, midwifery skills were tested, and Mm -hmm. I I like to think I came through. Mm -hmm. You did. You did. All right. So uh, thank you for, for supporting the show. Like, I know some of you now have been supporting the show for like many years, and we could not be more grateful. It is just so amazing, um, especially through this weird garbagey time we're living in, to get to sit down with you, my friend Matthew, and still get to be dumb on mic and get to make each yeah. other laugh. And to be clear, and, we're and not get sitting to share down that with other people together. Together. We're sitting down in our I'm respective in studio spaces. In Molly's closet, yeah. my dining room table. It is wonderful, and we're so glad you can join us. I think we would have given up a long time ago if it weren't for you guys. I, I certainly would have given it up if not for you, Molly, because otherwise <laughs> I would be just sitting in my dining room talking to myself, which I can yeah. which I can do anytime. Yeah. We've got a new thing that like we should be announcing by the time you hear this, so maybe this will be the first you've heard of it, but we have a new spinoff limited series called Dire Desires, Life Lessons from Classic Erotic Thrillers. Uh, we um, we had started listening to or watching erotic thrillers together on our Spilled Milk corporate retreat last year. We decided to turn it into a new show. Where yeah, we so that should talk be debuting erotic thrillers very soon. Check uh, DireDesiresPodcast.com and see if anything pops up. Yeah. So uh, until next time, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk, the show that's um, been making. Bicycles fly since 2010. That's true. Thanks for being our cool Robocop friends. <laughs> I'm Molly Weisenberg. And I'm Matthew Amster Burton. I think we've been doing it for like six years. Wow. Good for us. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.